0: three this morning, Galatians chapter three, uh, you know, the Lord's kind of changed the way I I have uh, very seldom in the last, uh, I don't know, the last 10, 12 years or something like that. Very seldom do I, have I done individual sermons. I I have preached in series for so long and, and, uh, you know, and it seems like the last month or the last month and a half during all this time. Uh, every time I think that i 'm going to preach on something i that I hit on last week, the Lord just changes my changes it up you know and and i was I was kind of going uh, going with some thoughts that to continue on some things that I had said last week and and it was just like the Lord just really put this in my heart and said, "No, I need you to talk on this and and you know so i 've been doing a lot of just different things different subjects for the last few weeks, and, and that 's all right i mean there 's nothing wrong with that it 's just a little bit different than than I have, than I have done, uh, in the past. And, uh, and, you know, so it's been, it's been an adventure to hear, to, uh, make sure I'm hearing from the Lord right and making sure that we're, we're bringing what, what He would have us to, uh, to say. This week, um, a couple things happened in, and, and, uh, a couple, in, in talking to a couple people and, and sharing some things. Uh, I had like two different people ask me this question. And the question was this, you know, pastor, how can you be so confident And not be afraid of of what's happening around you. Because, you know, because I'm telling you, I'm not in fear. I'm not afraid of the coronavirus getting on me. I mean, I'm not. I have no fear whatsoever of that. Now, I don't go out and do stupid things. I mean, you understand that. I mean, you know, you take precautions just like, I mean, you wash your hands and you pay attention to where you go and who you're around. I mean, that's common sense. I mean, But I'm not afraid, I don't walk around in fear wondering if it's gonna get on me today or not. You know, I've talked to people, I mean, I I talked to a couple people this week, just terrified, I mean, literally terrified that they were gonna get sick. I mean, and and they're just living in fear. One of them told me, one of them told me that, that it just makes them physically sick when they think about, uh, the chance of this getting on them. And I mean, my heart goes out to them, but they asked me that this question. They said, Pastor, how can you be so sure? How can you, how can you not be in fear of everything that's going on when you listen to, the, when you listen to what everybody's saying and, and all this? And you know, so, so I went to the Lord, and I mean, I've got my convictions. I, I, listen, I, I know the Lord, the Lord had me at the first of the year uh, start studying Psalm 91, and I know that wasn't a coincidence. I mean, I've, I've read Psalm 91 many, many times in the past. But at the beginning of this year, he told me he said he said read Psalm ninety one every day. So I've been reading Psalm ninety one. Well, if you read Psalm ninety one very often and you read it in faith and understand what he's saying, I mean, it's almost impossible to be in fear <laughs> if you if you meditate on Psalm ninety one and and see what it says and, and believe what the word says. But so as I was just thinking about the answer to that, and as and I shared some thoughts with them and. And, but really, to be honest with you, the best answer that I could give somebody, if you asked me, Pastor, how can you be so confident? How can you be so sure and so unafraid in, you know of something like of a sickness coming on you? And here was my answer. Here, here, was, here would be my number one answer that I would give. And this is what the Lord told me to minister on this morning. And probably it was probably because of a couple of those conversations. But here would be my answer to that. Because I know I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's an assurance I have in my heart, and in in my in in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, we throw that phrase around there a lot, and and in the past the past couple of years, we've we've uh, tried we've endeavored to hit some of these things that. Um, these, these catchphrases, so to speak, that people just say, and they say it, and they, uh, you know, they put it out there. And, and, and you know, half the time, though, to be honest with you, people really don't even understand what they're talking about. Because if I were to ask you, if I were to ask most people, I won't say you, because I've taught this before, so you guys know this. But if, if you were to ask the majority of Christian people, what does it mean to be redeemed from the curse of the law... I, I would dare say that there would be there wouldn't be a large percentage that would be able to explain that to the extent that you would know that they truly understand it. Now they may be able to say, "Well, Jesus died on the cross, and and you know, and I believe that that took care of everything." Well, that's in the in the big nutshell. That's right. I mean that that is the true statement. But why is that true? And why can, is that such a powerful truth to understand and to have an assurance to know? If that was true, why you can live fear free from getting any disease or sickness? Oh now, Pastor, I wouldn't talk like that. Well, it shows me you don't believe the Bible. Did he just say that? I mean, listen, the Bible is one of these books that either you believe it or you don't. Now we've made we've made so many gray areas and we've compromised in so many areas. That we, we really make, we really make the scriptures, we believe it as long as it fits my situation. And if it don't fit my situation, then, then, you know, well, it'll be okay if I believe something else. I can't tell you the, I can't tell you the people that I've, I've counseled with, that I've talked with, and I've asked point blank the question, you know, what is God saying about this? Well, God says this, but, here's what I'm gonna do. Well, you know, you have a choice. You can you can have God's way or your way. And and you can live in it. I mean, he'll let you go your way if you want to. It's not too smart, but you can do it. Amen. Let's look at Galatians three before I get in trouble. I gotta quit talking here. <clears throat> Let's get to see what the scripture says. It'll get me out of trouble. Amen. Let's just look. Let's pick up in verse one. I, I'm just going to read all this because this is this is so good, and we'll read down verse through down through verse 14. Galatians chapter three. Um, it says this. Paul said this. He said, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was c- clearly." portrayed among you as crucified this only i want to learn from you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith now i could ask you know this that's a legitimate question for every one of us today let me and i'll ask it this way destiny bible church people that that are watching on facebook that are here with us did you receive did you receive salvation by the by the hearing of faith or by the works of the law hearing by faith Right? I mean, you know, not one time have you heard out of this pulpit here at Destiny Bible Church that you can be saved by by the works that you do. As a matter of fact, we say right the opposite of that. Your works don't matter a bit. Now, after you are saved, you work for the Lord, but you don't work for salvation. Amen. You're saved by faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith through grace. Amen. You're saved. You're saved by your beliefs. You believe what Jesus. That you believe the price that was paid for you. Paul asked him. He asked the question. He says. He says. This is the only thing I want you to, to tell me. You know. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the by the hearing of faith? And then verse three, he goes on to say this. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Now. When Paul was talking about flesh and spirit, we have to understand, we could look at it this way, we could say it this way, and it wouldn't take anything away from that. We could say it this way. Paul was saying this, He would. He, he, we could say it this way. Are you doing it your way or God's way? If you're doing it your way, you're doing it by the works of the law, by your flesh. If you're doing it God's way, you're doing it by the Spirit. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment that we can make. He goes on to say this, Have you suffered, verse 4, Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness... So he asked the question, he said, listen, when you see all these miracles, the Galatians were part of that early church. They, 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 a lot of them had seen Jesus. And he, and Paul asked him the question, he said, he said, do you think that the miracles that Jesus performed, he said, do you think that that he did it by faith or do you think he did it by the works of the law? And he said, why, you know, why are you, why are you switching in midstream? Why are you doing something different than what Jesus did? Because we know Jesus, did everything by the Spirit and nothing by the works of the law. Then verse 7, he says this. Now listen, now, now, I hope you got your shouting clothes on because this is, this is good material. This is some good stuff here. Verse 7, he goes on to say this. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you would say, and if you're at home, you can raise your hand there. I can't see you, but, But you can raise your hand because this applies to you. How many of you would raise your hand in here today and say that you received Jesus by faith? Let's see your hands. Well, then guess what? If you received Jesus by faith, then then He just told us here, you're the sons of Abraham. Only those that receive by faith are the sons of Abraham. Now, you might say, what does that mean? Well, that's very important because He's getting ready to tell us on down in a couple more verses listen to what he said verse 8 so verse 7 says therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham verse 8 says and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying in you all the nations shall be blessed so then now listen here this this i mean You you should shout loud on this verse, verse 9. So then, those who are of faith, now hold on, let's see how many of y'all are of faith. Okay, so then, all of you that are of faith that have your hands raised, you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Come on, let's just say it. Say, I am blessed. Come on, I I, I titled this sermon, I I mean, if titles matter, it don't really matter, but but I titled this sermon, I am blessed and not cursed. I am blessed. You see, I'm of faith. I accepted Jesus by faith, so therefore I'm a son of Abraham. G- and, and God, knowing beforehand all of this, all of what was going to happen, He preached the gospel and He told Abraham, "Those that He said, Abraham, you and every one of your descendants are going to be blessed." And then He says, "So you that are of faith, you are blessed with faithful Abraham." So I am blessed. I am blessed. Listen, when people say, "How are you doing?" You should say, "I'm blessed." Not just, not just a little bit, oh, well, I'm okay, I'm blessed. No, when people say, how you doing? I'm blessed! Well, why do you say that so much? Because listen, I'm blessed. I want people to know it. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Now listen, verse 10, he goes on. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Now, now you remember, at the first of this chapter... Now I can spend a lot of time on this, but I'm rushing through this because I'm ho- hopefully most of you understand this. At the first of the chapter, he asked the question. He said, "Oh, you foolish Galatians!" He says, "He says, you know, he said, he said, how did you receive Jesus? Was it by the works of the law or was it by faith?" We all raised our hand and said, "It was by faith." So he said this. He said, "But now if you accept, if you try to do it by the works of the law, he says, if you try to do it by works, then he said this. Then you are under." A curse. If you are of faith, you're blessed. If you try to do it by works, you're cursed. And I'll explain that. We'll talk about it. So, for as many as are of works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So, so what he said was this, and, and this, we, we know this, I mean, this is taught throughout the New Testament and even in the Old Testament. We'll turn to Deuteronomy 28 in just a moment and look at what the curse of the law is. But what he said is this the, the, the law, and listen, the law was never given for salvation. The law was given as a, uh, as a signpost, as a, as a arrow to point to say, you're not good enough to do this. You need a Savior. And it pointed to, to a time when or it pointed to the fact that you had to have a Savior to save you. Your works and your ability and to do it in your own strength and in your own ability was, was useless. Paul went as far as to say that your works and your own righteousness is like filthy rags. So you listen, you're not going to receive salvation by works. If you try to receive salvation by works, you're going to be under the curse because you cannot do it. Verse 11, he goes on to say this. Now, I can, like I said, I can say a lot on that, but I'm, I'm trusting the fact that you understand that. If you don't understand that, spend some, time, spend some time meditating on these Scriptures. I've got a handout I'm going to hand out in just a moment that talks about the curse And and I want to show you what what all is entailed in the curse. And I promise you, you don't want nothing to do with the curse. You want the blessing. Amen. Verse 11 says this, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, that's evident. For the just shall live by faith. It says it like four times in the, in the New Testament, and that's actually a quote from the Old Testament, from Habakkuk chapter two, but it says it three or four times in the New Testament that the just or the righteous will live by faith. We don't live by the law. Now listen, you know, everybody, there was a big push not too long back to get the Ten Commandments put back into schools. And you know, and and I wasn't, I mean, you know, I understand what they were trying to do, but but listen to this statement. I don't live under the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were under the law. Now, the principles of the Ten Commandments, of the Ten Commandments, they're still true and they're still right. But for the Christian in the New Covenant, the Bible tells us we live by the law of love. And you see, here's the reality of that. If I walk in love toward you, I won't break any of the commandments. I won't steal. I won't kill. I won't cheat. I won't lust. I won't put other things before God. I mean, in other words, what he's saying is this. When you keep the law of love, then you will fulfill the, the, the covenant, the, the, the law, the Ten Commandments. Amen. So he goes on to say in verse twelve, now I'm I'm leaving some things out there, some softballs that I'll probably get hit over the head with, but that's all right. I mean, you know, re- religion don't like that. Religion likes to be told what to do. They like the list. I've had I've had people tell me, I remember Jim Hockaday came one time, and and one time when Jim was here, he made the comment. He said most people, he said most people that, that he's run into it, and I would agree 100 percent He said, they would rather you tell them, here's a list of things for you to do and not to do. Here's a list. You keep this list and you'll be okay. Instead of saying, live by the law of love. Live by the Spirit. Because most people just want to be told what to do and they're happy. You know, just tell me what what to do and I'll be okay. Versus, listen to the Spirit of God and He'll tell you what to do. Because, see, that's work on their part. (laughs) <laughs> they they like somebody else. We live in this generation where we just want everybody else to do the work for us. And we don't want to study. We don't want to spend time with God. We just want to come on a Sunday, hear the preacher say what to do, what not to do, then go home and try and do it, and then come back and say you're sorry next week and start all over again. Listen, I lived that way for years. <clears throat> and I realized... It didn't take me long to realize that I never could keep the rules they told me I couldn't that I wasn't supposed to do. You know, because it's the very thing like we we talk about this, it's kinda funny, but but like if you rent a, a beach house or or you know, you do rental properties or whatever, and you know, you go to the beach and, and you rent a house that, that somebody owns and that rents, there, there's usually like one one closet or one door that's locked. You got access to the whole the rest of the house you got access to the whole house. There's one door on there that says private, no entrance. And the whole time you're there, every time you go by that door, what do you do? You try to see if it's open. Oh, is that open? You know, what's in there? I wonder what's behind that door. you got access to the whole place. But that one door, the whole time you're there, I wonder what's behind that. Why? Because it's that, it's that whole thing. like It's like when you tell your kids, don't touch each other. You know, and while you're not looking, they're over here like this. You know, touch. You know, why? Because because it's just human nature that you always want to do something that they, they, if they tell you not to do it, you want to see how far you can push it. Well, guess what? That's the law. And every time they tell you not to do something in your mind, you're thinking, well, why can't I do that? Then Jesus comes along, and I'm getting way off subject here, but Jesus comes along and then He blows that whole scenario up Because when Jesus shows up, He said this. He said, the law said that if you kill somebody, you're guilty of murder. He said, I say that if you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Takes it to a whole other level. Jesus said, I say... If you, the law says that if you commit adultery, if you, if you have sex with a woman that's not your wife, then you've committed adultery. Jesus said, I say that if you even look on a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Whoa. Whole nother level. He goes through that whole thing. What's he doing? He's showing you that you cannot keep the law. In your own strength, you are, it is impossible for you to keep 100% of the law. And if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of it all. And actually, he says that here in verse. He goes on to say, well, in verse twelve, he goes on to say this. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you try to live by the law, if you try to say you're under the law, then you've got to live by the entire law. But now, listen. Here's here's the shouting ground. Verse thirteen and fourteen. He goes on to say, because, you know, if if he left it there, we would say, well, what hope is there? The law is too hard. The curse is too big. I want to show you, we'll turn to Deuteronomy 28 here in just a second. And I want to show you, the curse is huge. The curse is, I mean, there's so much in the curse. And you're thinking, God, if, if I have to live under the curse, man, this is going to be miserable. But here in verse 13, he says this. Christ has, past tense, Already done it, not going to, not sometime in the future, but He already has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Glory to God. Christ has redeemed us. That word redeemed, we know, we looked at that not too long back. That word redeemed means to purchase back. It means to purchase. Christ has purchased us from under the curse of the law. How did He purchase us? He purchased us on the cross. He was made a curse for us. He became our curse. He, he took all of our sin, all everything, all of our sickness and our pain, our suffering, He took it and, and God made Him to be sin so that you and I could be set free from sin. He took the stripes and the beating so that you and I would not have to cover, carry sickness and disease. He purchased us. I love a couple different translations say a couple different things. Just real quickly, I'll say the amplified says Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse. I love the the message and the passion translation both says, both say that, that He absorbed it completely. He absorbed our curse completely in His body. When He went to the cross, He absorbed our curse so that we could be blessed. With His blessing. <clears throat> Amen. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? Look at verse 14. Why, why did He redeem us? What was the big part? You know, when we say we're redeemed from the curse, why is that so important? Verse 14 goes right along and it says, notice there's, there's a comma after at the end of verse 13, not a period. There's a comma and it says this. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Those that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Jesus became a curse... And redeemed us, bought us out of the curse. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham could come on us. So, Jesus became that curse. He paid the price. And He took care of everything so that you and I are, not, are no longer cursed, but we're blessed. I've got written in big letters here, No more curse for me, because Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I am blessed and not cursed. Amen. You need to say that. You need to say that many times. I'm blessed and not cursed. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. Amen. No more curse for me. Now, so what does that mean when you say no more curse? What does that mean? There's two places in the Old Testament that, that you can look. Deuteronomy 28 and I believe it's Leviticus 26. And so just turn to Deuteronomy 28 with me real quick. And uh, I tell you what, guys, if y'all will pass that handout out. And for those that are watching online, I posted a link uh, at the beginning of the comments. Um, and if you'll click on that link, it'll it'll take you to this page. This is a uh, a, a page that um, Keith Moore, who is one of, he was one of my Bible teachers at Rama Bible Training Center back uh, when when I went to Rama, uh, and he pastors in pastors a great church in Branson now. Um, he put this together, and and this is a uh, kind of a detailed list of what the curse in Deuteronomy 28 means and and don't now make sure you're paying attention to me and don't read that you can read it when you get home because we're not going to go through we're not going to go through all of this but but this is a great reference for you because this goes through and talks about every sickness and what they mean in in uh you know in Deuteronomy 28 here because from in Deuteronomy 28 let's turn over there Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 down through verse 14 talks about the blessing. Now let's just read that real quick. And we've got time. We've got time to do this. And then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to end talking about the curse and what we've been redeemed from. But I want you to hear the blessing. Because remember, more than anything today, I want you to remember this. I'm blessed and not cursed. I'm blessed. Come on, say that again. I'm blessed and not cursed. I live under the blessing of God. I live under the blessing of Abraham. I am blessed because I am—I am a son of Abraham. I'm a son of God, but I'm also a son of Abraham by faith, and because of that, I am blessed and not cursed. Now, Deuteronomy 28. I'm just going to read this real quick. Now, this man, this is shouting ground. Listen, this is the way you and I should live. This is what our lives should look like. Deuteronomy 28. The word of the Lord came through Moses and he said this. He said, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, uh, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Now let me just make this comment. How do we observe all the laws today? We observe them by faith, by putting faith in Jesus, by putting faith in what He did for us. Listen, you don't, you don't do good things to get God to bless you. Did you hear that? You don't do good things and, and try to exchange that for, for God's blessing. We're, why are we blessed? We're blessed because Jesus redeemed us on the cross. We are blessed 100%, not because of works, but because we put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross for us, yeah. Amen. So when He says here in the Old Testament, and I remember in the Old Testament Jesus hadn't died yet. So in the Old Testament, they, they were dependent on their works; they had to do the works of the law. That's the reason that the job of the priest was never done because they had to continually bring sacrifices to get forgiveness or to get covering of their sin. But when Jesus died on the cross, He became the sacrifice once and for all time. There will never be another sacrifice for your sins. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. He redeemed us. He purchased us back. He bought back our redemption, our salvation. Amen. So, so we, we do this by putting our faith in Jesus. The just shall live by faith. Verse two. So he said verse one, he said, he said, when we live by faith, he will set us on high above all the nations of the earth. And verse two says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Now I'm going to, every time I see the word blessed, I'm going to yell it because I live under the blessing. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. Come on. So he said this, he said, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. Now I'm reading from the New King James, so it changes some of the words. But he says, blessed shall you be by the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be, shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be your, shall, shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Now, oh, look at verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing. He will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that which you set your hand to. And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as when He swore to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body the increase of your livestock the produce of your ground and the land which the lord the, the lord swore to your fathers to give you the lord will open up to you his good treasure come on hey we're coming out of this better than we came in come on i'm telling you the lord is opening up his good treasure to us the heavens to give rain to your land in its season to bless all the work of your hands you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not have to borrow. Amen. <coughs> Amen. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. And if you heed the commandments of the Lord, uh, the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and carefully observe to do them, so shall you not turn aside any, any of the words which I command you to this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods or to serve them. Hallelujah. So that's the blessing. That's the the life that you and I are supposed to be living in. We're blessed. Come on, just say that. Say say it with some emphasis. Say, "I'm I'm blessed. Yeah. I mean, if you believe it, man, you get excited about it. I'm blessed. Amen. Now, I'm not going to take the time to read this, but from verse 15 all the way through verse 68, talks about the curses. Now, You can, you can take the time to read it and look at it. And I gave you a cheat sheet and, you know, to where it kind of takes the, takes the work out of it for you because there's some words in here that a lot of times we don't necessarily use today. And like I said, if you're watching my Facebook, I put a link to, to it in your notes. And, and if you can't pull it up for some reason, you can get in touch with me and I'll, I can get you a copy of this. But, but just listen to some of these words that are under the curse, okay? Verse 21 talks about the pestilence. Other translations say it's the plague that he'll plague you with diseases. He will infect you with the plague, disease after disease. He'll fasten plagues on you. Now let me just say this because it says in here, it says in here that God will put all these diseases on you, but you have to understand in the old covenant that there was still judgment. When they did wrong, they were judged. But under the new covenant, you and I, when Jesus died on the cross, He took our judgment upon Himself. So therefore, you and I are not under judgment anymore from God because Jesus took our judgment upon Himself. So one thing we know is this. One of the things that is under the curse, and we're going to look at this in the last couple verses of this, but one of the things that we know from the curse is this. One of the parts of the curse is that God allows these diseases to come on people. Under the old covenant, but under the since we're redeemed from the curse, we're redeemed from these diseases coming upon us because we're blessed and not cursed. Amen. So, so you can go through here. I mean, uh, inflammation in verse twenty-two, consumption, tuberculosis, fever, influenza. I mean, you know, a lot of there's there's all kinds of things in here. You can see. Uh, Hemorrhoids and ulcers and tumors, the scurvy, eczema, the incurable itch, skin eruptions, insanity is covered. Amen. Astonishment of heart, bewilderment, confusion of mind, even the imbeciles are covered. Amen. The sore botch. Hope none of y'all ever get the sore botch. Amen. I mean, some of these words you'll see, plagues, plagues, and all these things. Now, turn with me. Now, and like I said, you can go through and look at all these things, and, and there's a lot in there that we don't want no part of. Amen. Amen. Now, if we're redeemed from the curse, let's turn over to, to verse 59, and we're going to look at just a couple verses that kind of sum everything up here. And in verse 50, 59, he says this, and this is getting near the end of all this. He's listed all these things, and... Uh, Put this up in the King James for me, if you don't care, Paul. The King James says this. Let's look at this and go through this just for a second. Verse 59 says this, "...then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful." Now, that word wonderful don't mean good in this case. That word wonderful just means they're going to be big. You know, when you think of something being wonderful, you think of great. Or you think of, uh, you know, if it's wonderful, it's 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 better than just the normal, Right? So this is on the flip, this is on the negative side of that. He said, he said, the Lord will make the plagues worse than expected. And the, now listen, he says, and the plagues of your seed. So here, people, people always say, how many times, and some of you may have even said this, well, you know, diabetes runs in my family. Well, guess what? Here, it says that part of the curse is diseases that's from your seed. Now, you might say, well, Pastor, why is that important? Because you have to remember, as I'm reading this, you are redeemed from the curse. So if, if something runs in your family, if it's in the seed line of your family, you are redeemed from it. Yeah. Amen. He said that under the curse, that disease will be coming fr- through your seed. But since you're redeemed from it, you can say, whatever it is that runs in my family stops because I'm redeemed from the curse. Yeah. And even great plagues of long continuance. I've had this, I've had this disease for 35 years. Guess what? That's a curse. That's not a blessing. And if and if that disease is of long continuance, it's under the curse. And you're free from it. If you'll believe it. And sore sickness, and here it is again, of long continuance. Listen, how many how many of you have heard them say? You know, I heard this week, uh, they were talking about the school systems and, and how this, in North and South Carolina, they're not going back to school this year. And, and, you know, and both, both the governor of North Carolina and the governor of South Carolina made this comment. They both said this. They said, we are really hoping that by August, we'll be able to send our kids back to school. So they put the seed in your mind that even come next year, they still may not be back in school. That's of long continuance. You know what I say? That's under the curse. Yeah. And I say our kids will be able to go back to school without fear of disease. Yeah. Come on. We got to stop. We got to, I want to show you something in a minute. The Lord showed me this. Man, it just, it set, I, I about just took off running when I saw this because I had never heard this before. And the Lord showed this to me. And I mean, it's amazing how, 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 uh, how we have just joined forces with the enemy. When it comes to certain things, and I want to show you that in just a second. So he said. So he said that 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 the Lord will make these plagues, you know, bad plagues, and 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 your seed, you know, of, of down through ages, you know, your dad had it, your grandpa had it, now you pass it on to your kids, and you know, and it's just it's in your bloodline. Well, that's under the curse. Amen. Let's turn to page or turn over to uh, verse sixty, and notice what he says. Now, listen to this. Moreover, He will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt which you were afraid of. So, things that you're afraid of are under the curse. Come on. He said, even the diseases of Egypt that you are afraid of are under the curse. So if you're afraid of getting something, you can turn that around and say, according to Deuteronomy 28, verse 60, me being afraid of this sickness is under the curse, and I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, so the thing that I was afraid of, Jesus took on the cross, so I'm free from it. Amen. I don't have to be afraid of it any longer. Yeah, yeah. Amen. But now check this out. All the diseases of Egypt which you're afraid of, and they shall cleave... Unto thee. Now, where have you seen that word cleave before? A husband and wife. That, you know, that the Bible says that, that you'll leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife. That is a marriage term. Now, check this out. What that means is this. What the devil is looking for, what the curse is looking for, to enter into your life is for you to say, I do. For you to agree with Him that you accept it. The question that has to be asked at every wedding, do you take so-and-so to be your husband or to be your wife? And if you say, I don't, then guess what? There's not a marriage. But if you say, I do, then the two of you become... One, the curse is looking for your agreement. And when you agree to the curse of the law entering your life by saying, my sickness, my heart disease, my diabetes, my cancer, my whatever, you say, I do to that curse, then guess what? You become one, and it's there till death do you part. Isn't that incredible? The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So if, you, if you've said, I do, to a sickness, it's time for you to get out of agreement with it. It's time for you to divorce that thing. It's time for you to say, no longer are you welcome in my house. We have to stop agreeing and saying what the enemy trying to get us to say. I love, Bill Johnson has that comment that I love that he said this. He said that, he's the first one I heard say it anyway. But he said this, he said that, that a lie is powerless until you believe it. Yeah. And when you believe the lie, you empower the liar. See, sickness is powerless over you. Why? Because you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But if you agree with sickness and you say, "I do to receiving it, then it's yours. You just empower sickness to enter into your life. When you accept it and just say it's mine and I'll just have to learn to live with it. Guess what? It's yours and you'll have to learn to live with it. Yeah. Amen. Y'all don't sound too excited about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe we've got some divorces we're going to have to go through <clears throat> in the spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. So he says, he says that the things that you are afraid of is on the cross and they're going to try to cleave to you. Let's go to verse 61 and we'll finish up right here. And also every sickness And every plague which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon you until you be destroyed. Now why would he say that? Why would he why would God say why would he list all of these sicknesses, all of these curses, all of these things, and then at the end of it and him say, Oh yeah, just for good measure, anything that's not even named, anything that's not in here, God will bring that on you too. I'm glad He put that in there. You know why? Because, you know, in reading all of this, I didn't see the coronavirus. In reading all this, I didn't see the word cancer. In reading all this, I didn't see the word... I mean, I don't know, I didn't see the word heart attack. Right? There were some things listed... I mean, there were some things not listed in here that we have today that maybe they didn't list specifically as a line item in Deuteronomy 28. So what God did, now check this out. God strategically put in put in here that part of the curse, he said everything that's not even named will come on you. So in other words, if they if they come up with this brand new and of course they say that I mean, we're living in this epidemic of Coronavirus 19 or COVID-19, and they talk about it's a new strain and and all this stuff. Well, guess what? There's, you know, 19 different strains of, of Corona or whatever it is. You know this is just a 19th strain of it. Well, guess what? That's 19 of those things aren't listed in here. But this verse is. And that tells me that since this verse is in here, God strategically put that in there so that you and I would be able to say even something that's not named coronavirus, COVID-19 is under the curse of the law. And according to Deuteronomy, according to Deuteronomy 2861, whatever's listed in here that's not even written in this book is a curse and according to Galatians three thirteen, I'm redeemed from the curse. So it doesn't have to be listed specifically by name for it to be covered under the curse, and for us to be redeemed from it. Now I either got y'all thinking or or something because y'all that you should be excited about that. Because listen, because what that means is that there's not one thing, there's not one thing that you and I will ever face. That is a sickness, that is a disease, that is something that did not come from God, that is not cursed under the law. And if that's the case, then that means there's also nothing that you and I are not redeemed from. Amen. It's all about agreement. What are you agreeing with? Are you agreeing... With the sickness, or are you agreeing with God? You see, listen, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm not in agreement with the curse. I'm in agreement with the blessing. So therefore, if I'm, if I'm, if, if I have been redeemed from the curse of the law, then there is no chance that a curse can come on me and have a legal right to stay. Now, listen. I can get out from under God's protection, and I can do stupid things, and I can not take care of myself, and I can get a disease, and I can get something to happen to me, and, and, you know, allow and give that disease permission to come into my life, but it's not from God. You see, He has provided provision. He has said that you are redeemed from the curse of the law, and if you're redeemed from it, if you'll get in agreement with Him, whatever is not of Him will have to leave. Because it is a curse. And you are redeemed from the curse of the law. We do not, listen, we do not have to give in to sickness and disease in our lives. Now I know that's bold, and I know know a lot of people may not like that, because, because we've learned to live with sickness. Listen, i learned to live with sickness, and i failed in many, many ways in this. Guess what? I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. But you know what? I'm, I'm striving. I'm, I'm pushing toward the mark. I'm learning more and more every day. I'm allowing God to be more of for, more of God in my life than I, than He was yesterday. I'm learning more about what redemption means—being redeemed from the curse of the law—and and I'm not. I'm, I'm putting a stop to those things. I'm saying I'm not in agreement with that anymore. I'm in agreement with God. I'm redeemed. I'm blessed, and I'm not cursed. Amen. So how can you be confident? I'm confident because I'm blessed and not cursed. Because His Word tells me, listen, His Word tells me in Galatians 3, we read that. Galatians 3.13, that we're blessed or that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. And then, uh, Keith puts a couple verses down here. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2 he says, say this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. We sang about that this morning and shouted about that this morning in worship. For He is good, His mercy endureth forever. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So you have to say that you're redeemed. You have to say that you're blessed and not cursed. You have to say that you agree that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law and that you're not cursed, but that you're blessed. And if you have faith, and you say it, you believe it, then guess what? Then you can walk in it. Because you've been redeemed from it. If you can find it in the Scripture, and listen, there's a lot listed in here. But even if you can't find it in the Scripture, verse 61 tells us that every sickness that's not even listed is covered. And since it's covered, I'm redeemed. And I'm blessed. Hallelujah. That's worth shouting about. Amen? Now listen, how do, we, how do we apply that then? Well, you have to be serious about the Word of God. You have, to, you have to start getting in the Word and saying, Lord, I'm giving you first place. Now, does that mean you just automatically stop taking medicine and, and get off everything? No, of course not. You follow the Holy Ghost. You listen to what He says to do. You know, thank God for doctors. Thank God for medicine. Because it's kept a lot of people alive. Amen. And we thank God for them because God gave them wisdom. God gave them the ability to, to help us. Amen. And I thank God for them. But listen, God's best is for us to live blessed and not cursed. His best is for you and I to live in divine health and not have to have healing every day. Amen. And if you have something going on in your body, listen, then we get in agreement with God. And we say, and, and here, and I've got this written, I've got this little sticky note that I that I put in here. And I'll, I'll just read this to you. I mean, I'm sure if you've ever heard this which I'm sure you have. And I've said this a couple of times, but I've got a little sticky note here and that I put in Deuteronomy 28. And, and it just says this. You can see the little sticky note. It's got some blanks in it. But it just says this. According to Deuteronomy 28, and then blank, and then there's another blank. So what, so what I do, like if I've, for example, like if, uh, say for example, if, if, uh, you have a fever, you know, in, in, in 28, 22, it says that fever is under the curse of the law. So if I had a fever, I could say this. According to Deuteronomy 28 verse 22, Fever is a curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law, so I do not have to have fever in my life. And see, I just agreed with the Word instead of agreeing with fever. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you put the verse and you put the name in there. According to Deuteronomy 28.61, coronavirus is under the curse of the law because it's a sickness it may not be listed in here but it's a sickness and it's under the curse. And according to Galatians 3:13, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, so therefore coronavirus cannot stay in my life. Cuz I'm redeemed, I'm blessed. Amen. So you need to you need to take that. You need to to read that. You need to have that confession. And every time the sickness tries to jump on you, you you grab hold of it and say uh, you know according to that that is a curse and I am blessed and that will not be in my life because galatians 313 says I'm redeemed and because of that I'm that sickness and disease cannot stay in my life amen so pastor how can you be so sure and how can you be so confident that that coronavirus and not be afraid of coronavirus because coronavirus is under the curse of the law And Galatians 3.13 tells me I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So therefore, I am free from coronavirus. It's not a threat to me. You find it? Now listen. You have to believe this. I can say it all day. You don't say, well, pastor said this is what it says. No. You say, the Word says it. God said this. And if God said it, then I'm believing it. Amen. Amen. So, so if you're here today, if you're there watching us on Facebook, if you've got something attacking your body, if you've got something that that's coming against your body, let's all just stand up just just real quick, and we'll finish up right here. But if you're and if you're home, stand up with us and, and join with us here. If you're here in this place today, now we can lay hands on you. We can do that. But listen, this you know the Bible says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." So this is something you have to say. If you want prayer, we can definitely pray for you and we'll, we'll lay hands on you and believe God with you. But, but this is something you can do right there at home, right here in the sanctuary, whatever the case may be. But, but whatever it is facing you, whatever it is that you're, that's coming against you, find the Scripture. And then, and then you, you just, we'll make that confession. We'll just say, Lord, let, y'all just, let's just make this confession. We'll make a generic confession here and, and you can fill in the blanks. Say, Lord... According to Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 68, it lists the curse of the law. Every sickness, every disease, and those that are not even named yet, they are under the curse. And according to Galatians 3.13, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So therefore, sickness, disease cannot stay in my body, in Jesus' name. I'm blessed and not cursed, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And by faith, you take that. By faith, you walk out of here today saying, I'm healed, I'm redeemed from the curse, that has no part in my life. And then you and I, we can say, that's why we're confident. That's why we're, that's why we can stand, rest assured, knowing that sickness will not be a part of our lives. Amen. Praise God. Well, I pray that encouraged you today. And I pray that gave you some good ammunition to use this week. When, when sickness and disease and symptoms and, and fear tries to jump on you, you say, you shout a big no to it. And when, when that comes on you, you just, you just let out a big cry. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. That's under the curse. I'm blessed. Amen. And let's walk, let's walk in blessings this week and let other people wonder and come and, they, and, 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 the goodness of God will draw people to where we can share that goodness with them. Cause see the goodness, here's the goodness of God. As we close this morning, the goodness of God is that people see you and I walking in this and they come to us and say, I want some of what you got. And we'll be able to say, let me introduce you to my best friend. Let me introduce you to Jesus who paid the price for every one of us. And the one that blessed me and removed the curse. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love y'all. Pray you have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Amen. So God bless everybody that's here. We love you guys. I pray you have a good week. Make sure you stop by the table and take as many of them books home with you as you can.